0: Denver Broncos running back Javante Williams was on the field for OTAs in the first day that media was able to attend. What can we make of this? You get that and more observations from Thursday's practice in Dove Valley on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos Country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos Country for tuning in, making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. As well, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's available. Nonstop coverage of all things Broncos, practices, games, everything you get that here on the show. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Flying solo on today's episode of the show. Sarah will rejoin us for Monday's episode of the podcast. But Broncos Country, Thursday in Dove Valley at the Centura Training Center. The Broncos were on the field for their third day of OTAs, organized team activities. Now, for us in the media, it was our first day that we were allowed to attend and view practice in its entirety. And there's a lot of things that are different that will be different going forward. And obviously, we'll talk about that a little bit later on here in today's episode of the show, how media coverage will change for this team. This upcoming season on top of that, let's talk about the good news here to open up today's episode of the show. Somebody special is back and that is Javante Williams. Now, while he was limited as mentioned by head coach, Sean Payton in Thursday's press conference, Javante Williams was back on the football field. He had his Jersey on shorts, he had a helmet. He was doing some of the individual drills and then he worked off to the side there. But for Javante just seven and a half months after he tore his ACL, his LCO, his posterior, whatever it's called, corner of his knee. It's part of the exterior there, a multi-ligament ACL knee you know, tear that had to be completely reconstructed. The fact that he is back on the field at this juncture, it's, it's impressive. It's important, but also at the same exact time, Sean Payton tempering everybody's expectations, saying, you know what, it's great to have him out here. We're going to be smart with him. We're not just going to throw him back in. We're going to, you know, take it easy with him, ease him back into things. And I tell you what, it's just good having him back on the football field here for the Broncos. Limited is good, right? And usually, folks, the limited designation, when you see it during the regular season, during training camp, limited often means that they participate in a position-specific drill And they don't necessarily participate in team drills. He did not participate in team drills on Thursday in Dove Valley. And on top of that as well, it goes back to what we heard about a week and a half, two weeks ago from Sean Payton at Broncos rookie minicamp, where he came out and he said, we expect him to be ready for training camp. I think right now, looking back at it, because when we did an episode, Sarah and I, we broke it down here for all the everydayers out there listening. There were some, you know, skeptical comments made, you know, by by fans and rightfully so. Like we had... No idea. Like there were so many different timelines here surrounding Javante Williams, his knee, his recovery, when he would be ready. He will be ready for training camp. He won't be ready this season. He'll be ready by midway point of the season. Right now, everything looks to appear on track for him to be ready to go for training camp in July or at the end of July. More than likely, that's when it will start here for Denver. But look, if he's back in the fray, that's good news for the Broncos offense as they continue to master a new offense here once again under Sean Payton coming over after being retired last year. Previously, you know, his history at the New Orleans Saints speaks for itself. But for this Broncos offense, it's learning a brand new offensive system for the third year in a row. We talk about continuity building up. I mean, these are important elements of the game of football. And when you have injuries, which, you know, have also derailed the Broncos in the last couple of years, it's hard to really find that continuity, that common ground that you need on the offensive side of the ball. So right now, everybody working into the mix here or the Broncos. Now, in terms of some other news as well, in terms of guys who were injured last season, suffered season-ending injuries, there is some good news to report on that because, look, Tim Patrick was out there, didn't do much, you know, worked off on the side field, but him out there, you know, with his jersey is a good sign. Having his helmet on at times is a good sign. K.J. Hamler out there moving well as well for the Broncos, but we talk about ACLs. Demarie Crockett, who tore his ACL on the same exact day that Tim Patrick did He was out there for the Broncos and was not limited in what he was able to do at the running back position. So it's good to have Crockett back into the mix. He will factor into the rotation during training camp and also will play a little bit of a role in the NFL preseason and was favored last year to be that third back on the Broncos roster initially once camp started before suffering that injury. On top of that, Aaron Patrick, who suffered a torn ACL against the Los Angeles Chargers, stepping on that mat that was laid out there and then suffering that freak injury. He was out there on the field as well. He didn't appear to be limited. So good news for the Broncos as they continue to move forward. And I just want to just go back and harp on, not harp on, I don't think that's the right word. I want to talk about just the journey for Javante. For that to happen seven and a half months ago is incredible. Now, look, I'll tell a little bit of story about me when I tore my ACL. At six months post-op, after I had my knee cut open, I couldn't even bend my, my leg. I couldn't bend my knee. My flexion was not there, and I was looking at having another operation and luckily, I found a way to break up some scar tissue. So for the fact that, you know, I was at that point, Javante, you know, suffered something way worse than I did. And he's doing what he's doing. It is impressive, but also at the same time, want to pump the brakes on it. Broncos country, Denver is going to ease him into things. Look, they've got a lot of running backs right now on the roster with Tony Jones Jr., Jaleel McLaughlin. We'll talk about the undrafted rookie for a little bit later on here in the show. The Maje Piran, one of their key offseason signings. But all signs with Javante being back on the field, it's promising for the Broncos and their offense this upcoming season. And aside from that, too, the one good thing about practice in Dove Valley on Thursday was that everybody seemed to be healthy for the most part. No injuries. We'll talk about maybe a little bit of a scare that there was with Jerry Judy a little bit later on in the show. But for the most part, the tempo was great for the Broncos. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into our observations From the Broncos during Thursday's OTA practice at the Centura Training Center in Dove Valley. But what were some other observations that we noted from practice with players, with units specifically? We'll dive a little bit deeper into that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and all the calories, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever, Built You've got to try this because if you're like me, you want to make healthier choices. You want to eat healthier as well, but you don't want to compromise on taste. Bilt Bar is perfect for you. They come in a wide variety of flavors like peanut butter brownie brownie batter puff and the regular bars and the puff bars. You get a wide variety of flavors that you can also check out at built.com. But if if you want to get your hands on a box here locally, what you can do is go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section and you can pick out a box of four built bars. Or if you want to buy in bulk, go to your local Sam's club here today. And you can buy a bulk box of 13 bars at built.com. Each bar contains 17 grams of jam packed protein, 130 calories and They are low in sugar. The best part about it, they're covered in 100% milk chocolate. So check it out today, built.com or Walmart or Sam's Club. As the Denver Broncos participated in Thursday's OTA practice in Dove Valley, what were some other observations that were noted during practice on Thursday? Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day This is the place to be where you want daily Broncos coverage from an objective point of view, no clickbait, no hot takes, none of that crazy stuff that you see out there for people who try to get their clicks up. You get real analysis and we ponder both sides of the coin. We're never too positive. We're never too negative. We play the median role really well here. And we appreciate you so much for rocking with us. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there who listen to this podcast. We appreciate you so much, Sarah Benninger and myself. But continuing on the conversation, the topic on today's episode of the show, what were some observations from Bronco's? OTAs. Now, aside from the fact that it was a beautiful day in Dove Valley, the temperature was at a pretty decent rate there. The sun was out. It wasn't too hot. And overall, the tempo, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show for this practice, it was upbeat, a lot of high volume stuff. And that's one thing I think we really kind of put under the microscope here when trying to figure out maybe how Sean Payton is going to maneuver as the head coach of this team. Now, last year under Nathaniel Hackett practices, they were laid back. They were kind of lax. You know, there was a lot of tempo in it, but it was like this relaxed, laid back vibe, which I I want to be very frank here. That's not a bad thing. And especially, look, if you're winning games, nobody cares about that stuff. But when you're going through the motions like that, you're losing games, you're losing guys to injury. It's hard to justify really this laid back approach and a go get them business where, look, hey, everything you do, every mistake you make is under a large microscope, not only from the fan base, but from other people around the NFL. The optics get big. The the media, they talk. National media, they talk. And things get bigger, blown out of proportion at times here. We've seen that coverage, not only just with the NFL, we've seen with the NBA, other sports, other teams, This is just the nature of the beast here when we talk about media. But on top of that, I also think it's important to set the tone, right? And you look at Sean Payton. We had a chance to meet Mike McGlinchey, the Broncos' newest right tackle here that they signed in the offseason during NFL free agency. And one of the things that he told us as well, for him, look, he's been in big games. He's played in a Super Bowl. He was seven minutes away from winning a Super Bowl, and he's been part of a winning franchise He says that you know playing for Sean Payton is something that excites him because he's a guy who's won a Super Bowl. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's a proven winner. He's had a very, very historic success rate in the National Football League with his turnaround of the New Orleans Saints from 2006 to when he retired in 2021. He has done, I think, more at times with less, and he's maximized really the standard. And I think you see that. I think you see that tone set in practice, at least from what we saw in Broncos rookie minicamp just a couple of weeks ago. And what I saw today specifically here for the Broncos is that they have like when they're on the field, there is intent. They are on task at all times, high volume. When they're in a special teams period, they're trying to get as many reps as possible while still being able to, what we call in in the coaching industry, coaching on the run. There's not a lot of stop and talk. It's, hey, this is what we're doing. You're going to reenact things, but you're going to be doing it while moving. You're going to be coaching while on the move and everything is fast moving because When you have 90 players on your roster, the most important thing you can do is maximize every opportunity because everything at practice is filmed. Special teams period, individual period, team period. You have this group period where you have seven on seven, nine on seven, those things. Everything is filmed and the cameras are on every player and each position coach has to go back at the end of every practice every day and evaluate his guys grade them talk about this is what they did well this is what they need to improve on give that feedback to the players but overall as a coaching staff you also start to piece together maybe okay who fits on a roster who might not who has a lot of room to grow and who simply just may not be a good fit. These conversations happen during OTAs. They happen during training camp. They happen during the NFL preseason. And I think Sean Payton has done a really good job of coming in right now and setting that standard because they're in one period Bang, they're getting a lot of reps. They're getting a lot of volume, a lot of plays. And then they hydrate. Then they go to individual period and it's focused. And look, Sean Payton's message overall about being on on the run, like fast, fast, fast. We want volume. We want efficiency. We want quality that carries over to the individual period with his individual coaches, with the assistant coaches. And I think from my observation, granted, we saw rookie minicamp. You get a small sample size. OTA, we only get one day a week. We get one day next week as well. You get a small sample size, but with that, what can you evaluate with that? It seems like the coaching staff and him are on the same page from an optic standpoint. Obviously, there might be some things that maybe don't go how Sean Payton wants, and they go, when they watch film, they evaluate it. They talk about what went wrong as a staff and how they can go about fixing it, and I think that's important. That's transformational leadership from a coaching standpoint, because if you're the head coach, you're preaching a message, your guys below you that, you know, you're responsible for that. These guys are responsible for the players that you're also responsible for as the head coach. The message has to be consistent. And I think that's an important thing to kind of note here, but let's go through some observations from OTAs. What stood out to me from a player standpoint, I want to talk about Marquez Calloway and Lil Jordan Humphrey, two former new Orleans saints, guys who have familiarity with Sean Payton. I will tell you this, the size that Marquez Calloway has is impressive. Same thing with Lil Jordan Humphrey. They have body types and they have athletic skill sets that I think make them a consistent threat on contested jump ball situations. And I will say Marquez Calloway, he went up in the air several times and rose above a defender to make an impressive catch there. That is important to know. Now, what you do here in OTAs, it does matter. And right now, everything is voluntary. It's not the mandatory part of minicamp, but the guys that are there They're already getting a jump on the guys that maybe aren't there. And and overall, the Broncos attendance was really good. I think it was under 10 players that weren't really there. Obviously, we found out, according to Mike Kliss, our good friend over at 9 News, reported that Mike Purcell, DJ Jones, you know, they the Broncos are easing them back because they had some off-season operations. Not sure the detail of that, but I, I won't try to speculate on what that may be. Mike Purcell was in attendance. He was watching, did not see DJ Jones. but. John Payton said, any guy that's not here, we've been in contact with. There's communication on those sides. Barron Browning was not there. He was attending to a personal family matter. He will be back next week for OTAs as they continue at the Centura Training Center in Dove Valley. Now, we talked about Callaway. We talked about little Jordan Humphrey size there. I want to talk about size in another area here, and that is the Broncos offensive line. Now, initially, we've talked about on the show who we project the starting offensive line to be. If you're an everyday or you've been listening to the show, I'll say that the offensive line was what we thought it would be. But when you see them all out there together, especially new guard, Ben Powers, you look at Mike McGlinchey, there is some size here on the Broncos offensive line. Quinn Miners looks like he bulked up as well and put on some healthy weight with that. And. Overall, I think it kind of embraces maybe what Sean Payton is looking for in his offensive line, because when you have size like that, physicality is really what you're aiming for. Physicality, consistency. Garrett Bowles is out there and he looks really good. He doesn't look limited at all in what he's doing. So you have him, you have Powers, you have cushionberry you have Quinn Miners, and you have Mike McGlinchey, who is unbelievably tall. And we had a chance to meet him in person without the football pads. Dude is tall. He's lengthy. He's got a really long wingspan. And on top of that, he is absolutely jacked from a physical standpoint. He is muscular as can be. And so with that athleticism that he has for his size and also the strength that he has, I think it kind of bodes well and ties into maybe what the Broncos want to do in terms of having the offensive identity to pound the rock, run the football, bury it down the throats of opposing defenses, and then dice him up with the passing game when necessary. Denver has all the tools right now. And McGlinchey even told us that as well. He believes that they have a special unit on the offensive line and believes that they can grow together and that the sky is the limit. I know those are some cliche things that we've heard before, but when you look at this offensive line unit on the field, it is massive. It is bigger than what they had last year, which is impressive. And on top of that, you know, you do have Cam Fleming back. You have Isaiah Prince. You have other guys working in getting opportunities as well. So I do want to highlight there. Let's talk about undrafted rookie free agent Jaleel McLaughlin. He had a couple plays on the day from my observation, demonstrating good vision, you know, as a ball carrier, finding where to make a cut and get upfield. But then also he had a play where he demonstrated ridiculous explosive burst to get behind the entire defense. And I, I tell you what, that's impressive right there. If he can do that in training camp, if he can do that in preseason, he is going to be a guy that you need to keep an eye on here in Broncos country. And on top of that, speaking of some guys that made their return, obviously after dealing with injuries last year, Randy Gregory was on the field. He looked really good out there, moved well, didn't seem like he was limited. It's good to have a healthy Randy Gregory out there in action. And on top of that, Jonathan Cooper is the Broncos player who will be wearing number zero this season. He looks good as well. He got some look opposite of Randy Gregory. And then on top of that, we alluded to it a little bit earlier. There was a little bit of a scare with Jerry Judy in terms of a potential injury now there was a play during a team period. I'm not going to describe everything in detail. I'm not allowed to do that. But Jerry, there was some incidental contact that happened, you know, where Jerry Judy, you know, kind of ran into got ran into by a defender on accident. The ball popped up in the air. Another defender dove to try to make an interception, landed on top of Jerry. He, you know, he was banged up for a little bit, was walking, you know, was hobbled off, looked at by trainers, but he is expected to be fine. Sean Payton told us in his post practice press conference, he just got dinged up in the thigh, more than likely a helmet to the thigh and that he will be fine. So, Broncos country, a collective sigh of relief there as it pertains to Jerry Judy. Those are some of the key observations that I had at Broncos OTAs on Thursday in Dove Valley, but there is a new change if you're a member in Broncos country. You heard the press conference bite from Sean Payton. Things are going to be different in terms of us in media, how we cover the team, but also how you, the fans, get to consume content and also information that comes from covering the Denver Broncos. We'll dive a little bit deeper into what that means here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, let me tell you about the Lockdown Nuggets podcast. The Denver Nuggets are going to their first ever NBA finals led by Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and also a rotation of other guys like Aaron Gordon, and Christian Brown, KCP, Bruce Brown. The Nuggets are a fun team to watch, contrary to the narrative that national media puts out there that there's nothing interesting about the Denver Nuggets. Well, they just swept the Los Angeles Lakers for nothing. They're in the NBA Finals. And if you're not listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, you're missing out on the great pick-and-roll action presented to you by Adam Ades and Matt Moore, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, I wanted to take a moment to tell everybody in Broncos country, thank you so much once again for tuning in, making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. You can watch this podcast on YouTube for free, or you can listen to it for free wherever you get your podcast. If you have not yet subscribed or followed this show, make sure you do that now so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news content coverage and more every single day all year long, because for the true fan, there is never in offseason now let's dive into a little bit of a topic here that some people in media are very very angry about some fans are you know also frustrated we'll talk about both sides of the dynamic about the change in media coverage here for the denver broncos sean payton you know this was something that he implemented back when he was with the new orleans saints but now it was applicable to ota practice it will be applicable to close practices in the future here for the broncos in which media are allowed to attend now during practice no, no texting, no tweeting. Like you cannot tweet anything. There is a photography shooting period that we are always granted access to, but we can't post anything until after practice officially concludes. So any observations that we see, we can tweet after practice, after confirmation from Sean Payton, in terms of some of the things that maybe there's questions about. And I can understand first off media, it's all about, you know, okay, Hey, What is it that's going on, right? My job as a media member here covering the Denver Broncos isn't to boost my career. It's to give Broncos fans the best information possible as to like what's going on with the football team that they love, that they're so passionate about, that they root for on Sundays, that they've had years long dedication to. How is it that I can bring you the fan closer to the action if you're not there? Because look, there's a lot of Broncos fans here in Colorado, but there's Broncos fans all over the world that listen to the show. So for me, I need to do my job as to bring you closer to the action with an objective point of view. And and look, I think that when you look at Sean Payne's new policy of, hey, there is no tweeting. And he had a very funny barb about it as well. He said, look, I gave you guys rookie mini camp and open locker room to talk to the rookies. And now I'm taking away your ability to tweet about what's going on here on Twitter. He says, we'll call it even there. And that's just something, you know, and, and he laughed and joked about it. But this is something that happened in New Orleans. Obviously, Ross Jackson covers the New Orleans Saints. This is something that we expected for a while to come around. We just wasn't sure, you know, when it was going to happen. But we got our first taste of it on Thursday. So everything, you know, you have your your notebook in hand. You're writing down everything. You're observing practice. You know what you can talk about. You know what you can't report on there. And I I I, I would say this as a media guy, it makes my job tougher, but I actually like it. I embrace it because unfortunately. This media game, folks, and I'll tell you this, I never knew this going into it. And now that I'm deeper into it and I know about it, I want to do everything that I can to change it. As we all know, there are a lot of people, a lot of media outlets out there and people who aren't really associated with that, that create hot takes, that create clickbait, that take what, you know, somebody, you know, what we said or posted about practice, they'll take that and they'll create a crazy headline. They'll create a crazy narrative out of it. And it gets a lot of run. It creates outrage and it frustrates Broncos fans that has to change. That's where media has really been impacted. It's been really watered down by hot take, clickbait, a lot of people aggregating without providing proper credit to the people that actually you know, broke a story or took a picture or took a video or tweeted about something. A lot of people pass it off as their own. But as it pertains to the hot take culture, I think it kind of gets rid of like, if you don't attend practice, you're not going to be able to have a really good observation as to like what's going on right there's a lot of misleading information out there at times for me what did i see at practice today what stood out who stood out what is a story that maybe will captivate you know the audience that you know maybe they're learning about a player that they never knew about this player in particular before to me i think that's what's important about media and this is where i think it separates journalism from clickbait and hot take bs that we unfortunately we see too much of that In this industry so I can see where Sean Payton is going with that that's where I kind of embrace it however I sympathize with you the listeners in Broncos country because this also becomes frustrating because when something's going on at practice and we're not able to get that out until afterward the instant consumption of what's going on real-time information it is not accessible to Broncos fans right now with this new policy that Sean Payton is implementing and kind of putting into effect so for me I understand. Like, if I was a fan, like for me, I'm let, let me put it in, in phrase of this I'm a diehard Denver Nuggets fan. And so, when I see people that attend Nuggets practice and whatnot, they're tweeting, they're talking about it. I get access to it instantaneously as it's happening. And, and when you don't have that dynamic, when it's well after the fact, you don't get that. And, and I understand, like, the information is going to come out, you're going to get it, but it's not in the moment. There's no live reaction, in which that could also be a good thing because some people will speculate something that is not you know, pertinent to the situation and it creates a lot of outrage and it creates a little bit of a smokestorm and you don't need that because the one thing I hope we can change here with media coverage, and I hope this applies to all sports, like all your favorite teams that you root for, not just the Denver Broncos. Can we get to a point where you are getting the real thing? What people, reporters are seeing at practice, you're getting the real thing. You're not getting fabricated stuff. You're not getting this speculation stuff that we constantly see from radio and hot take artists. me it is so frustrating so i understand the frustration from the fan standpoint that they don't get that however if you are going to be attending practice in july in dove valley there won't be that restriction on you the fans you know so you'll have the opportunity to watch practice from the berm tweet about what's going on take pictures take videos you're well within your right to do that it'll open things up for us a little bit in terms of media but then when practice is closed to the public and we get access to it we're not going to be able to tweet that stuff. So there will be some times where information at the instant moment will not be available, especially, you know, if a player gets injured. That, that's where I think the fine line gets blurred, you know, a speculation versus is this guy, you know, is this a serious injury? We always wait for the head coach to confirm that information. So uh, my my hope and kind of my, my plead here to everybody in Broncos country, be careful who you listen to out there because there are people that will try to mislead you. There are people that will create narratives that do not, you know, apply to the team. They'll create false stories. That's not what we do here. And I think you, the fans, deserve better than that. So know where to tune your dial every single day. And that should be here, locked on Broncos, as well as some other people in this market that are very reputable in what they do. But with that said, Broncos country, we will find a way to bring you the best Broncos content and coverage possible. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. I do work for Mile High Sports. I write daily for them, covering the Broncos on the beat, milehighsports.com. I also just put together a Broncos OTA Thursday report with some footage in there that you get access to. You can get that on Twitter. You can also get that on Mile High Sports Facebook page as well. With that said, Broncos country, thank you for rocking with me here on today's episode of the show. OTAs will continue next week for the Denver Broncos. Sarah Bettinger and myself will be back on Monday for a brand new episode of the show. Broncos country, we appreciate you so much.